Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Well, hey there, Impact Makers. Welcome to another episode of the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure, where my goal is to help you to create a career that you love and a life that matters. And if you are going to be making an impact in this world, and you are in some way, but if you want to make a larger impact in this world, one of the key things that you're going to need are the relationships to help you get the things that you want, to teach you what you need to know, and to help connect you to other people that can help you make the most impact in the world. And all of us are doing some version of trying to connect with the right people and learn from them. And technology has made it really easy for us to reach out and touch virtually almost anyone in today's world. So as a result of that ease, it's actually created some problems. And I think there's a lot that we can all learn, myself included, about how to be more intentional and strategic in terms of who we connect with and want to build relationships with. So... Today's episode, I'm going to share with you some of the people that I think you need to think about in terms of who will be the best people for you to strategically go after to learn from and connect with, and also the people that you need to think about offering your gifts and talents to that you can be the person that they need to know. So taking some advice from my guest on episode nine of the Impact Makers podcast, Carrie Oberbrenner, I tried to come up with a handle, something that I could give you so that you could remember what the strategy needs to be in terms of relationship building and networking to make the most impact. And I came up with, and it's, you know, it's in development, I can probably make it better. But I want you to think about three types of people that you should be focusing on building relationships with and learning from to make the most impact. First type of person, people that you're below. Now, right away, let's be clear. When I say people that you're below, it doesn't mean that these people are better than you. What this means is that you need to specifically identify some people who are out there, whether it's in your industry, in your community, in your area of impact that you want to be working within, people who are further along in their journey than you are. So you're below them in the journey, basically. Not that you, again, it's not a value judgment on people. So who are the people that you're below that you have intentionally identified that you want to learn from? Second type of people to consider relationship building and networking with are people that you know. So people that you know, again, in today's terms, may be relative. So these are peers, people that are working in a similar position to you, a similar industry. So they may be people that you do know really well, or they may be people that you know of, or people that, you know, are in your orbit somehow. So there are people that you know that can help you in your career journey. Third type of person to consider in your relationship and networking are people that you can grow. So people that you can grow are those that are behind you in the journey, people that you're looking back and saying, this is a person that has some talent or some expertise, or they're doing things that are capturing my attention. And I want to use my platform, my expertise, my network to help them in their journey because somebody more than likely helped you. 
So if we're intentionally focusing on these three buckets, people that we are below, people that we know, people that we grow, I think this can help us all to eliminate some of this noise that's involved with, I just want to connect with anybody and everybody, because the more people that I'm connected to, the more I can get my message out and be heard. And while that works in some cases in terms of short-term impact, what I want you to do is to focus on long-term impact. So I've mentioned a couple of words already that have almost reached kind of buzzword status in today's world because they, they're verging on overuse. But I really thought about it, and I think they are the exact right words to think about in terms of your relationship and networking building strategy. Those two words were intentional and strategic. And because they verge on overuse, and you may have shut me down when you heard that, I looked them up on the dictionary, you know, went to the old Merriam-Webster to get the definitions for these two words, because I wanted to make sure that I was using words that conveyed what I want you to hear. And I believe they are the exact right words. The definition of intentional is done on purpose. I don't want you to ever think about your relationship building or networking efforts again as haphazard. You need to be intentional, have a plan to know why you are connecting with people, and you need to know what the end goal is. Now, granted, we all meet someone, you know, random or at an event who could potentially end up being someone that adds value in our world or that we can add value to. But for the most part, for your outbound networking and relationship efforts, you need to do that on purpose and be intentional. The second thing to consider is I want you to think about it as a strategic action. So what is the definition of strategic? The definition of strategic is relating to the identification of long-term or overall aims and interests as a means of achieving them. Long-term. We are looking to make relationships, build relationships with people and have a network that there can be benefit long-term mutually, ideally. You know, so it's not just what can you do for me today or what have you done for me lately, but a lot of the relationships that you have that are have the most impact in your life are, if you think about it, the ones that you have invested a lot of time in. So we need to position every potential relationship as either someone that we want to invest in or someone that is going to be investing in us. So think about your relationship and networking as intentional and strategic. So back to those three buckets of people. And again, I want you to to maybe take some notes or think about who these people are for you. And I'm going to share what I think each of these types of people represent. And I'll also give you some examples from my own network and relationships to help you see what I'm trying to establish here. So the first group, and maybe this is the easiest one to approach, these are the people that you're below. Again, not better than us, but people that are further along the journey than we are. These might be authors, celebrities, uh, bloggers, thought leaders, influencers, whatever name you attach to them or however they show up in your life. They're probably someone who's in some way well-known. Now, well-known might be relative. They might be well-known in your community, in your company, in your industry, or in your space, or they may be worldwide famous. What it matters is, is that they are adding value at a level that people have recognized their efforts and they've come to your attention in some way. There are people that you can look up to. Again, if I want to, let's, you know, pick a popular term out there today, build a six-figure business online. 
Who are people out there that have already done that, that I can potentially learn from their journey? If I want to be a best-selling author, who are some of the best-selling authors that not only can I read their books, but that I can pay attention to what they're sharing about their writing process or how they got a book deal, et cetera. So people that I can look up to. Now, many of these people and why this one is usually pretty easy, you probably haven't met most if not all of these people in person, and you may never need to. So think of them as your mentors, people that, you know, you can learn from their journey again, because they're creating content, they're on social networks, they have a podcast, they have a YouTube channel, something where they're sharing their journey, and you can basically opt in. The investment is your time and your attention. And that is where you can learn a lot from people, again, who are further along the journey. Now, I also think it's important that if you want to deepen that, quote, relationship with these people, you need to think about it in terms of investment. Too often, and I'm sure just like me, many of you receive requests from people, whether it's emails or LinkedIn requests or even direct messages on Twitter or Facebook where people say, you know, hey, I found your profile and I want to know if you can mentor me. I'd like to learn from you. That is not the right way to go about this. And you're never going to get the attention of these kind of people because remember, they're adding value to many at once to thousands of people. They're very busy. Again, doesn't mean that they're better than you, but it does mean that they've been intentional about their time and how they can add the most value and how they can add the most value is focusing on the message that is available to many and not necessarily having coffee with someone at Starbucks that they've never met. So Be careful not to be offended if you've reached out to someone and they said that they don't have the time to be able to do that because those are people that are typically focusing their efforts so that they can really make the most impact with their efforts. So if you're going to get some of their time or personal attention or to have the opportunity to learn on a one-to-one or one-to-many basis from them, this is probably going to require an investment, an investment of money because they're offering something for value that there needs to be a value exchange for. So let me give you some examples to maybe make this more real for you. So people that I would say, people I'm below, that are further along the journey, that have either helped me in getting to where I am today or that I'm continually learning from, an example would be Michael Hyatt. And again, I'll link to Michael Hyatt's website uh, in the show notes, jennifermcclure.net slash 11, if you're not familiar with him. But Michael Hyatt is someone that I discovered probably a couple of years before I started my own business. I was working as an executive recruiter at the time. I was looking just very hungry for ways to learn how to build my business, to build my brand, to be a better leader, uh, just really craving information about being a better leader. And I can't remember exactly how I first came across his blog, but it's michaelhyatt.com, where he at the time was the CEO of a publishing company called Thomas Nelson in Nashville, Tennessee. But he was writing a blog basically about leadership, his thoughts, his experiences, and he was a good writer. He's obviously working in the publishing company. He'd written books, and so the writing was uh, already in place. And he not only shared his thoughts about leadership, but if he found a product or a method or a resource that added value or that he enjoyed or that uh, really helped him 
as a leader, he would share it. So he's a very tech-oriented person. So he shared tips about, you know, new products or productivity tools or, uh, you know, the latest iPad or any of those things. He would blog about it and share his experience. And so I began to kind of gobble up everything that Michael Hyatt wrote because I learned from him and I bought some of the products that he recommended or, you know, uh, signed up for things that he recommended that he was learning from. He was providing on a daily at that time basis information and resources that could help me as a leader. Now, over time, he retired or left uh, Thomas Nelson and went out on his own and originally started primarily speaking. So of course, I was still very much interested in what he was doing. But over time, he began to develop products, courses, communities, etc., to serve the needs of the audience. His blog is one of the most well-read, uh, hundreds of thousands of readers every month to his blog. And so one of the first things that he created was something called Platform University. It was an online membership community where people could join. Uh, I got in at the introductory rate of $25 a month, and you would have more access to Michael Hyatt in the member forms, as well as other people who are of similar mind. He was doing monthly video uh, interviews with thought leaders. He was also doing a member makeover, helping people doing their websites. There were just a number of things that were going on in that community, and it was well worth my time. I also connected in that community, again, with other people who were of similar mind. And Michael Hyatt, through that community, introduced me to some of the other people that I now consider mentors and people that I am below in the journey that I'm learning from. He did interviews with people like Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, Ray Edwards, John Acuff, Donald Miller, Jeff Goins, Michelle Kashat. All of these are individuals that I still follow today because they have podcasts and blogs and have written books and have resource channels, etc. So it's been great to be in the Michael Hyatt community because part of what these people that you're below that are you're intentionally putting yourself in mentorship with them is they often, if you're paying attention, will introduce you to other people that you can also follow. So it was great for me to originally connect with Michael Hyatt, and I can share with you that I have spent, I've not added it up, but I can tell you I've spent thousands of dollars with Michael Hyatt and gotten way more than that in return. I have gone to conferences that he's put on, one about launching a speaking business, one about how to give a better speech. I have been a part of Platform University for a number of years. I've bought his books and actually been on the launch team for his past three books, Platform, um, the one about life plans, and then the latest one about your best year ever. And I've also been a member of some of his courses, again, the goal setting course on best year ever, and I've bought his planner, the full focus planner. So I'll link to all these resources if you want to check them out on the site, but you can clearly see that I'm a Michael Hyatt disciple. And he's built trust with me over the years through sharing his experiences that I know if Michael Hyatt recommends it or if he's using it or if now more and more he's created it, it's probably something that's going to be a fit for me. So who's your Michael Hyatt? Who is your person that you're not only learning from that's creating content or resources or information that are helping you to get to where you aspire to be, but also that person is introducing you to other people that you can learn from in the journey. 
So let me give you a couple of other examples. Again, uh, at least one of these Michael Hyatt introduced me to, Amy Porterfield. Amy Porterfield, I originally came across her when she was writing for Social Media Examiner. She used to work for the Tony Robbins organization in marketing and left that to start her own business and began writing for a website that was new at the time. This was probably 2007-8 called Social Media Examiner. Again, now it's a very, very popular website out there to help people understand how to use social media and social media marketing. She eventually uh, left Social Media Examiner, or she still has a relationship with them, but began to do more on her own, and she established herself as kind of a Facebook expert. So I wasn't super interested in Facebook marketing at the time, but I really liked her approach. She's very personable. She has a great teaching style. And when she eventually started a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy with Amy Porterfield, I subscribed. And it's probably my favorite podcast today. She is a great teacher. She views her role now as a teacher and her business has shifted to all of her products are online courses and training. And so I, again, have spent quite a bit of money with Amy Porterfield. I've bought a couple of her courses and really enjoy learning from her. I like the way she structures things and she's much further along in her journey, both her and Michael Hyatt have multi-million dollar businesses now, and they are doing it the right way. So that's what I aspire to. I want to be able to impact more people. I want to do things in a way that people trust me and value the information that I provide. So who better to learn from than people that I can say are doing those same things? Now, kind of moving in a different direction, I'm a full-time speaker, keynote speaker, so obviously I need to be looking around me to see who I can pay attention to that is doing something similar. And the person that I really kind of look up to, again, the person that I'm below, is a guy called Ryan Estes. It's ryanestes.com. Ryan and I actually, I knew him. I would call him a friend. He's someone that uh, we started our businesses about six months apart from each other as full-time speakers and have kind of, you know, stayed connected throughout that journey. But I can tell you, Ryan is like shot to the stratosphere and way surpassed me for a lot of reasons that I can learn from him. He is now, um, and this is not, you know, a secret, so I'm not sharing anything that's not out there. He's a million dollar speaker. His full-time job is just professional keynote speaking. He talks about leadership strategies and sales strategies and the future of work. And so we kind of overlap in some of that, but he is a salesperson at heart and not in the spammy salesperson way. He really understands how to pursue clients that he wants to work with and has built a team and a system to be able to do that. Every year for the last several years, he sets 75 speaking slots, keynote speaking slots out on his calendar, and then he and his team work to fill those. And now, about eight years into his journey, they don't have to work, obviously, as hard as they did in the past because he's in very high demand and is now um, kind of touching the multi-million dollar speaker level because he's in such demand with, you know, Fortune 50 brands for their conferences and events where he can come in and help their sales teams or their leadership teams or their company teams to grow. So Ryan is certainly someone that I follow and pay close attention to because I can learn from him and his journey. But again, I've mentioned to you a couple of times, you have to think about if I now want to learn from Ryan, even though we're friends, and even though we started about the same time, he's doing things that I can do better. So how can I learn from him? 
Well, number one, I could ask him to go for a cup of coffee, which that would not be fair because he's a busy person. I met with Ryan at last June at a conference that we were both speaking at. And I said, you know, Ryan, I'm to a point where I really want to take my business to the next level. If you ever offer coaching or workshops or anything where I can learn about your process and your, how you're approaching your business, I am willing to invest in that. So please let me know. So notice that I didn't say, can I get some of your time, which I'm sure he would be happy to give me some of his time, but I offered to invest. He has something of a value that I am willing to pay for. And thankfully, when we were having that conversation, he said, well, as a matter of fact, I actually am with my coach and mentor planning to do a workshop for speakers in November of this year. And I'd love to see you there. And I said, absolutely, I'll be there. And I signed up to attend Accelerate Live with Ryan and Jane Atkinson, his coach, as well as Seth Madison and Kendra Hall. And it was an amazing three-day event where they were very transparent about how they've built their speaking businesses, uh, their fees and how they structure that and how you should think about that. And it was all the just nitty gritty information that I needed to know that I never would have been able to get from just having a cup of coffee or sending him a link. LinkedIn request and saying, can you mentor me and help me grow? So when you think about these people that you're below, again, these are people that maybe are well-known, their time is limited. They're trying to serve many people with high quality information. If they're somebody that you're continually following and getting value from, they're doing it right. How can you invest with them, whether it's buying their books, whether it's joining their courses, whether it's even listening to their podcast, which is free to you, but they're investing and providing that to you. But look for ways you can learn from them passively. So the next group that I want you to think about in your intentional and purposeful relationships building strategy are your peers. So the people that you know. Now, again, these may be people that are working in your industry at a similar capacity or people that are maybe even working with you, partnering with you. Some of them may be, quote, competitors. And I put that in quotes because to me, there's plenty of business out there for all of us. So I don't look at other speakers, for example, or other podcasters or other uh, coaches as competitors to me. I believe there are opportunities that are right for each and every one of us out there. And our job is just to identify those that are right for us and to help people to connect with the right speaker or coach or consultant that can meet their needs. But some of them, I guess you would call them competitors because we're doing maybe the very similar type of work or we're going after similar business. These people that are your peers, people that you know, may also be people that are likely referring you to people for business, again, because you're doing similar work and either they're not the right fit or they're not available. So they're referring you and vice versa. So that's why I say they're not really competitors. And if if you are a person out there who is doing some sort of independent work, you need to have a network of people that you can refer for when you're not available or you're not the right fit or you need some additional resources. They may also be people that supporting them is good for you and it's also good for them because again, you're working in a similar space. So how can we help each other, help me help you, et cetera. 
And you probably do know these people in person, although some of them, maybe you just know enough of them that you're comfortable referring them, etc. So who are the people that whether you're a practitioner working in the corporate world that you look around, if you are the, you know, vice president of sales or the chief human resources officer in your organization, ideally, you should have a network of similar people to you. Maybe it's similar people in your industry, certainly similar people in your profession, people in your community. But who are the people or that are the peers that you are not only helping in their journey, but they're helping you in your journey. So it's a mutual type relationship. Now for me, again, to share some examples with you, which I'll of course link to their websites in the show notes. The first would be Laurie Rudiman. Laurie was the first guest that I interviewed on this podcast in episode two. So that's jennifermcclure.net slash O2. Laurie is someone that, again, I connected with, if you listened in that interview at a conference a few years ago, but before that, she had been the person who was uh, ahead of me. So I was behind her and I still am behind her in many ways because she's further along in the journey and has built a broader network and, and really been sharing her expertise for longer. But now... Laurie is someone because we kind of work in similar spaces in a lot of ways and and also not in some ways. Uh, Laurie is probably one of the biggest referral sources for my business, whether people are reaching out to her and she's not the right fit for a speaking opportunity, or she thinks I'm a better fit for a speaking opportunity, or in some cases, maybe she connects with someone in her network or a potential client or a client, and she thinks I can add value to what they're doing. So the value of having that kind of peer-to-peer relationship, and I try to do the same for her if I can refer her to people that are in my network, or again, if I'm not able to or not available to do something, then Laurie could potentially be the right person to refer in for that. Laurie also has a podcast that started about the same time as mine called Let's Fix Work, and I highly recommend that you check that out. And she also recommends to her listeners to check me out. So you may have found me through the Let's Fix Work podcast. So who are the people that you are mutually trying to help each other, the people that you know, your peers? In addition to Laurie, another person like that for me would be Steve Brown. And I interviewed Steve in episode three of the Impact Makers podcast. So you can see I leaned heavily on my friends in my network when starting something, and they were more than happy to support me. So Steve is very similar to Laurie. He's an HR practitioner working in the corporate world. So not a full-time speaker or coach, but someone who gets asked to speak a lot or comes across people where maybe they're looking for the services that I provide. And Steve also refers quite a bit of business to me, and I do anything and everything I can to support him, including telling you that you should buy his book, HR on Purpose. If you have not yet read HR on Purpose, I'm honored to have a comment on there uh, recommending the book. And I've read it a couple of times. And it's a great book, not just for HR leaders, but for leaders in general. So by creating content and blogging weekly and being someone who's also out there speaking as a practitioner, absolutely, Steve is someone that I can refer and I benefit tremendously from having him in my network. And then just a couple more people that, you know, hopefully will be future guests on the podcast, but people that I have learned from in my journey, Chris Dunn. Uh, The HR Capitalist is one of the first blogs that I started reading, and I consider Chris to be one of my uh, mentors that I value his opinion, and I've reached out to him often to get his advice on not just things related to blogging and content creation, but even in my career journey. And then a fourth one for me in this category would be Cy Wakeman. 
Sai is someone that I know of, and we have uh, exchanged pleasantries and conversation, but we've never actually yet had a time to sit down and get to know each other. We follow each other online and I follow everything that she puts out, but we tend to end up speaking at a lot of the same conferences or maybe follow each other at a conference from year to year. And when I ask potential clients, you know, who was your keynote speaker last year? It's often Cy Wakeman or Ryan Estes. And so I know that we're kind of in the same ballpark if if uh, you've had Cy or considering Cy for your event or she's also speaking at the event. But Cy is in a way, again, um, like most of my other peers and people that I know that I've mentioned to you are in a lot of ways, she's ahead of me. She she has developed a company around her message, a research organization. She has multiple products and services. So, so she might, she should probably be actually put in that group for me of people that I'm below because I can learn a lot from someone like Cy Wakeman, not just to continue to be a better speaker, but also about how to grow my business beyond what it is today. So the third and final category that I mentioned to you are the people that you can grow. Now, I fully believe that in terms of mentoring relationships, both in my personal life and what I think, you know, tends to work for others, the people that you have considered your mentors and the people that you are mentoring, if you think about it, more than likely, those are people that either if they are mentoring you, they probably identified you and reached out to you or saw something special in you and began to invest time in you. More than likely, they're not someone that you again sent a LinkedIn invitation to or an email to out of the blue and said, hey, I like what you're doing. Would you be willing to mentor me? Back to that's called coaching and that should require an investment on your part. <laughs> Most of the mentors that you have, the people that you're truly learning from in your life probably reached into your life and used their platform and their network to help you grow. So I am always on the lookout because I've benefited from so many people who have helped me to get to where I am today, whether that's, you know, the people that kind of virtually are mentoring me like a Michael Hyatt or an Amy Porterfield, but also people like Mike Sipple Sr. who have reached into my life, added value, invested in me and helped me through whether it's tough times or given me advice or connected me to other other people. So who are the people that you actively have a lookout for? Especially if you are a person who does have some sort of platform today, or if you do have a, a reputation or high level position, you have some sort of influence out there. I think it's almost your duty, my duty to be looking around and saying, how can we bring people up? And being very intentional, again, and strategic about thinking about and considering people with diverse backgrounds to you, people who need maybe some of the resources that you have had access to that they don't, but also just kind of being that talent scout, you know, think of yourself as a talent scout who's out there doing good stuff that maybe could benefit by you sharing their blog post or their podcast or encouraging them to speak on a stage and get their message heard where maybe they haven't considered that or they're not getting invited to do that, but you can help recommend them to do those things. So when I think of people that I can grow, I think of, again, people who may not be as far along as me or who are just getting started in a similar journey or in some cases, just people that I've noticed through the content that they've created, or someone's mentioned them to me, or in some cases, yeah, maybe they've connected with me, but it's been in a genuine way. Maybe they connect, maybe they engage with my content, they listen to the podcast, and they tweet about it, or they send me an email and tell me that they're enjoying it. Not 
you know, asking for anything, but engaging with me and getting on my radar. So it's possible to get noticed by people, but really comes from a place of just, I really enjoy what you're doing, or it's helped me in some way. And I wanted to let you know. So who are the people that maybe are kind of signaling to you that they could be people that you could grow? Now, I'm going to give a couple of examples here. And again, almost like the example where I say people that you're below and they're not better than you. When I give you these two examples of people that I would say I kind of have tried to intentionally grow, in many ways, both of these individuals are well beyond me and have taught me a lot. But I've also tried to specifically invest in them as well. And there are many others hopefully many others that they would, they would agree with that, um, that I've tried to reach out to intentionally in some way. The first would be Mary Faulkner and Mary will be a future guest on the podcast. Mary is an HR practitioner in the Denver, Colorado area. And she worked at a company where I was brought in to work as an interim executive for a period of time, a few years ago, worked as the director of talent management at that company and just did along with the rest of that team. So shout out to the team there. A great job. I was blessed to have worked with them for almost a year. And, you know, throughout my whole HR career, leadership career, I'd worked with a number of great people on my team. But this was a team that almost everyone on that team was a great contributor. And I tried to do everything I could to help and support them along their way. But Mary was the type of dream person that you want on your team, always willing to step up and take a challenge on, produce consistently great quality work, not good work, great quality work, willing to try new things. Some cases she had to be pushed, she would tell you that, but um, she was willing to do great work that hadn't been done before that needed to be done. And so in some cases she was recommending things, some cases she took my ideas and ran with them, but just enjoyed working with her, even though it was a somewhat stressful situation that that we were involved in. And of course, while there, again, I'm a blogger and I'm a communicator and I'm a person who is building a platform on a regular basis. When Mary would say something, I would say, you should blog about that. You should start a blog. People need to hear what you have to say. You consistently say good stuff. You should write a book. And why aren't you speaking on the stages that I'm speaking on? Because everywhere I go, people say they want to hear from more practitioners. So you need to be out there speaking. And for a while, she would kind of just listen to that. But eventually, Mary started a blog, and it's called Surviving Leadership. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes, but you can find it, Surviving Leadership. And she started sharing her thoughts on leadership, again, from a practitioner standpoint. And I think that she has a lot of great things to say there. And I'm really proud of her for now blogging for, I think, almost four years. As a result of getting out there and starting to blog, she also at the time thought social networks, in particular Twitter, were kind of stupid. (laughs) But I personally get a lot of value from Twitter, so I encouraged her to rethink her approach to Twitter and to connect with some of the great people that I was connected to on Twitter. And she has, and she has a, you know, I would say good-sized network on some of the social networks, but she's been more intentional probably than I have and connected with people that she really wants to engage with on a personal basis, and she does so on a regular basis. And through kind of being active on social media, through blogging, she has built a global network of people now that she 
communicates with, that she learns from, that learn from her, that help her to get additional opportunities and continue to support her in her career growth. And it's been wonderful and amazing and marvelous to see the opportunities that Mary has created for herself just because she took action and did some of the things I suggested. She's now spoken on stages, uh, all over the United States and I think even in Canada. Um, she's speaking again this year at the National SHRM Conference. And I love every time I see that Mary has been invited to speak at an event or on a conference stage because people are getting, again, practical advice and tips and resources from a practitioner who's doing the work that they're doing. And Anyone could do that, but not everyone takes that opportunity. And maybe in some cases, maybe Mary would have eventually done it on her own, but I like to think I gave her a little push. So <laughs> who are you looking for? Who are the Mary Faulkners out there in your network that you can um, help them to get what's inside of them out there in the world? Not do it for them. They don't want you to do it for them more than likely, but how can you just help them to encourage them, uh, give them tools, tips, and resources, or expose them to your network or the people you know to help them further their goals in their career? The second person would be Michael Sippel Jr. Now I've mentioned again my time at the recruiting industry or recruiting company. Michael Sippel Sr. Uh, was the father, the owner of the company that I uh, went there to learn from. But ultimately, I ended up learning from the son, who's now the the president of the company, um, even much more. So Michael would be in that mentor category for me as well. But uh, he's also someone who is very eager to learn. He's an excellent, the best, the highly, most highly recommended person I could tell you for executive recruiting, for leadership positions in your organization. And I can recommend him without qualification for that. Um, but he's also always been willing to try new things. The company was 35 years uh, old when I joined and had a very strong network and, and had done things for a certain way a number of years to build the reputation that they had. And Michael was interested in really growing the company to do business nationally and even internationally, kind of taking it to that next level. And over the last five, six, seven years, he's really stepped into that role. And so he's constantly reaching out to me about whether that's uh, adding a blog to their website or using social media to help build their brand and, and communicate their value proposition to, you know, not only just quote, being executive recruiters, but also being true talent advisors out there to their clients and potential clients in the industry. And they're also launching a podcast that's coming out um, this month called the Talent Magnet Institute. So I'm excited to have kind of maybe encouraged and supported and um, helped to polish that little diamond in the rough again. Michael and his team at Centennial Inc. are doing all of the work, but I love to see kind of where they've been from and how I've been maybe able to support and help in that journey along the way. So I hope that sharing some of those resources with you of the people that I learn from, the people that I work with, the people that I'm trying to reach into their lives to support them is helpful to you. But if you walk away from this podcast with nothing else other than some marching orders, which I think it's always good to kind of walk away with some action steps to think, maybe sit down and think about in your life, who are the people that you're below that you have intentionally decided to take steps to learn from. 
So you don't have to be an independent business owner, an entrepreneur, a consultant to want to grow. You may want to grow in your corporate career. You may want to be a better mom or a better husband. Um, you may want to run a nonprofit or you know, go somewhere internationally to build wells for water. There, There's somebody out there who you can learn from, who can inspire you, who can challenge you, that maybe is already creating content or information that you can consume for free. But if you want to take that relationship to the next level, you probably are going to need to invest. And so you'll want to invest your time, energy, and funds wisely. So I'd suggest picking two to four people that you subscribe to their blog, you subscribe to their podcast, you're a follower on their YouTube channel, you connect with them on social networks, you do everything you can to kind of get into their orbit and consume the helpful information that they're sharing. If they provide things of value, certainly let them know, you know, send a tweet back, reply to their email that they send you from their email list, do something to let them know that you're out there and you appreciate what they're doing. Because it is true that sometimes we do a lot of things and we don't know if anybody's listening. Um, and that's also a way that you might potentially get noticed by them. They probably follow thousands of people on social networks, but like most of us, they probably use some sort of tool to pay attention to a small portion of that so your goal is to get moved into that group that they're actually seeing your updates and tweets. And so how can you do that? And that's probably by interacting with them, probably not by sending them an email and saying, I want to take some of your time for free. How can you identify for that second group, the people that you know, the people that are in your relationship network today? Again, maybe you have a deep personal relationship with them or you know of them, but how can you begin to invest more in those relationships? Back to that maybe two to four people that you're, they're a peer, for example, and, and you want either... Um, Maybe that is a coffee date where you schedule some time to, uh, in my case, have a Diet Coke, um, you know, learn more to see what challenges they're facing just to kind of, uh, you know, shoot the breeze with someone and hopefully bring some resources that you can share with them from your network to help them connect with things that can help them in their journey. Also, you can look to refer them, whether that's referring them for a job that you're aware of, or if they are a consultant or an entrepreneur for business opportunities, or if they're a speaker, you know, getting them opportunities to speak on stages and at conferences where you present. How can you help those two to four people that you've identified to grow their businesses, their careers, and their impact in this world? And then finally, who are two to four people that you are going to intentionally invest in? Maybe they haven't, more than likely haven't reached out to you and said, hey, will you mentor me? But they could benefit from your platform, from your network, from your expertise, from what you've learned in your journey. Find ways to lift those people up through your encouragement. Maybe share some resources with them. Maybe connect them to the people that you're learning from and help them to understand how they can build a platform to maybe meet you on your journey or even exceed you in your journey. Because for most people, that's obviously the most satisfying part of being a person who has any kind of influence is how can you utilize that influence to help other people use theirs for good. So that's what I want to leave you with today. My handles for you to take away are to identify people that you are below, 
people that you know, and people that you can grow, and then be intentional and strategic in how you go about networking with them, building relationships, and using the information that they can provide you to give you more influence so you can create more impact and create that career that you love and a life that matters. So thanks for joining me today. I hope this has been helpful to you. Hey, let me know, you know, shoot me an email or a message on a social network. Let me know what resonated with you about this podcast. And if you haven't already, if you are enjoying the Impact Makers podcast, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to the podcast. Five stars is always great, but you you do you. Tell me what you think. And if you have some time, add a few sentences so that other people can find the podcast and hopefully learn from it in the future. But I'm really enjoying connecting with you through this medium, sharing what I've learned, sharing the people that I know and the resources that I find valuable. And I hope you do too. And I hope that you have a great day. Thanks, guys. If you want to raise your game at work, you've got to raise your impact. Find out Jennifer's 10 best strategies to make more of an impact at work at jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways. That's jennifermcclure.net slash 10 ways.